Is it Christmas yet? Are you one of those who is ready, or do you wait until the last minute? Well, I do have a gift here in the studio tonight to give out that may just set your Christmas tree asunder, and I'm going to give that out tonight here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am a registered nurse, a blogger, a lover, and your friend, at least on Sunday nights. And it is always my pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining me. Tonight, I believe I have a great show because one of my favorite health contributors is here with me in the studio. Dr. John Weisler is a cardiologist. He is also a physician to some of our sports teams in the province, and he's an all-around great guy. He's here tonight to talk about how to keep your family members, should you like them, alive over the holidays. If you don't like them, then you don't have to take his advice, but that's up to you totally. Also, what could possibly go wrong when a middle-aged divorce guy goes online to find his last first date goes through a cadre of women. Robert James is the author of the book Next, a funny, honest, optimistic, and humorous portrayal of dating in the modern world. And he'll be sharing some of his stories tonight. I've read the book, and uh, so I'm going to talk to Robert from Florida a little bit later on in the program. You've heard of sleeping with the enemy? Well, I was interested to see this little study in part because I posted on Instagram some photos of, of my dog, Sophie, who's a beagle. And they got so many likes and so many shares and so many comments. People love their dogs and people love to sleep with their dogs. But animal lovers have been warned for years that having a pet in the bedroom may negatively impact their sleep. But a recent study of 23,000 dog owners found that more than half of the people let their pets sleep on their beds, and they let them uh, shed on their bed as well. They sleep under the covers with them. The Mayo Sleep Clinic in Arizona found more than half of those with animals allowed them to sleep in the bedroom or on the bed. Well, it turns out people who cuddle a dog or a cat at night, and if that's your only choice, that's all you got, but you're actually going to sleep better at night. So it's some food for thought. Sleep is really important in terms of your health and in terms of weight, in terms of your mood. And so getting a good night's sleep is really important. And if bringing a dog in, uh, you know, some of us have brought some dogs into the bed and it's not been good. (laughs) But anyway, a furry one might do a little bit better. Um, Also, I I did want to, last week I read a letter to you from a woman who had been married to a man for 53 years, and she found out uh, in her 53rd year of marriage to him that he was gay, that he had a male lover all those years. She had a couple of children with him, so we know they had sex twice, Um, like a lot of Catholics have sex only to have children. But anyway, they had a couple of kids, and um, but she was heartbroken, and she felt tremendous betrayal. And of course you would. Because trust in a relationship is the most important aspect of a relationship. So she was terribly betrayed, but she did find love. Well, at least she found sex. Um, and she spoke about how heartbroken she was, and but she forgave herself and she forgave him. And I had the opportunity to phone her. She asked me to answer her letter, and, and she left me uh, her phone number. And so I spoke to her this week, and I was quite interested to see that she'd been 
batted down a little bit uh, through the marriage. There was some abuse in the marriage. He withheld sex from her. And and she felt she didn't feel like a woman, and she didn't feel like she was a sexual being or a sensual being. And what she said was she's with this new man. Uh, they're having a, an intimate relationship. and But his old girlfriend has come back into the picture and she felt a little bit badly about that, but she said, regardless of how it turns out, and this woman is 78 years old, regardless of how it turns out, she is so grateful for having met this man after that marriage, uh, after that marriage where her, she loved her husband and was in love with him, and he was abusive to her, withheld sex, which is abusive, and he had a male lover, and she, he betrayed her, but she was able to forgive herself and him. She was so glad she met this new man because she made love with him like no one else had ever made love with her. And she felt that it actually it opened her up to all new opportunities and experiences. She felt like a woman. She said her sexuality, she found her sexuality, she found her sensuality, she felt like a woman, and she was forever grateful for this experience. And even if he went back with his old girlfriend, she was not going to have any bitterness because she was so grateful because she knew it was still alive in her. Did I mention to put the children to bed? We're going to be talking about sex, so listener discretion is advised. We're going to be talking about making love and not making love. Um, Some people don't make love, and I had a couple in my office this week and they actually was this week they came for the second time but they came a couple weeks ago and the woman told me that she and her husband had not had sex for 20 years and she wanted to have sex again with him because she had suffered a trauma in the spring and she realized she had to take stock of her life after she grieved her loss she took stock of her life and she realized that sex was an important part now, she was 85 years old, and her husband was 87. And one part of her taking stock of her life was to have sex with her husband again. And so she needed some help because she had vaginal atrophy, a condition where the estrogen receptors have decreased in the vagina, and that can lead to vaginal dryness and painful sex. And there are so many treatments for that, like personal moisturizers and low-dose localized estrogen therapy. And so she, we treated her for that. And then I told her about a particular sex toy that happens to be one of my favorites, <laughs> the womanizer. And so she wanted to try that. And when I asked her how long it had been since she had sex with her husband, she told me 20 years. And then she said, but I can't say the same for him. And so uh, I ordered this womanizer for her at her insistence after I gave my testimonial, which was all I said was, good night, I love you. Anyway, do this small six-inch device. But uh, when she came back in to pick up the device the next week, she said, my husband's a huge fan of your show, and he'd really like to meet you. She also told me that he had macular degeneration, so he was had vision problems. And so he decided, I said, of course, I have a huge fan. I have a fan? <laughs> He's welcome into my office. I'd love to meet him. So she brings her husband in, and in walks her husband, and he has a twinkle in his eye and a spring in his step and so much charm. He was exuding charm. Such a nice man. They were a lovely couple. And he threw his arms around me, and he said, uh, by fit, you are my favorite sex goddess. And I turned to her, and I said, you are quite right. 
This man has not been celibate for the last 20 years. Anyway, they both laughed. We all laughed, brought her into the office, and I gave her the womanizer, and the two of them were sitting there and talking to each other and getting along really well, and they were so, they were laughing, and she was reading all of the um, marketing on the box of this womanizer. Like, your, look at, she said to her husband, uh, it says, your private delight and sensual stimulator. And he said, oh my gosh, you're not going to need me anymore with that womanizer in your life. <laughs> and uh, so they were laughing, and I thought, this couple personifies a national survey done by the Globe and Mail, which said... Of the 10,000 respondents, 70% of them, or, or 75% of them, were happy in their relationship, but over 52% of them were dissatisfied with their sex lives. And that's really common. So to that end, that is partly why a lot of the work that I do is around sexless marriages for one reason or another. There are a number of reasons. There are medical conditions. There are financial reasons. There's strife. There's addiction. There is... Uh, unresolved conflict, there's cheating, there's uh, patients I know that have not gotten over their husband cheating for, you know, from 10, 15 years ago. There's a lack of ability of looking into the issues in a relationship. So that's why I chose the subject, the sexless marriage, when I was invited to speak at the TEDx Stanley Park 2016, which is happening on May 28th at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. A lot of my friends have told me that they're going to help me with my talk, and they're going to send me emails with nothing in it. (laughs) Anyway, I said to uh, my chiropractor as well, I'm talking about the sexist marriage at the TEDx Stanley Park talk in May, and she didn't respond. And I said, obviously, you know not of what I speak. And she said, oh, no, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Today's lives, we're busy, we're consumed, we're connected to the Internet. There are multiple reasons why we're not connecting in our bedrooms. Anyway, so to that end, that's my prize that I'm giving out tonight. It's a womanizer because it's Christmas. So you got to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What I would love is if you would share your worst date ever, uh, your worst online date ever, perhaps. And uh, we'll see if uh, people are willing to share that. And then I will award you the womanizer. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. When I come back, we are going to talk about the importance of staying alive, especially when all the family gathers at Christmas. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I have a keen interest in keeping you alive over the Christmas holidays with the families gathering uh, together in the homes, and 88% of sudden cardiac arrests happening the home in the homes. I have invited my friend and colleague and all-around great guy, Dr. John Weisler, cardiologist from, the, from Lionsgate Hospital, and also um, a doctor to the sports teams here. Welcome to the studio, Dr. Weisler. Oh, great to be here, Maureen. Thanks for having me. Oh, great. It's... <laughs> Great to have you here. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about sudden cardiac arrest because um, this incident occurred on one of the tennis courts, and, and which is not uncommon, even though most of uh, these events, these sudden cardiac arrests or a heart attack can happen in the home. Yep, it can happen anywhere. I mean, uh, public places. Home is number one, but public places, athletic exactly. events, tennis courts, whatever. And people don't know what to do. They, they witness this. They, somebody is unresponsive. They may or may not have a pulse because there may or may not be a healthcare person there who has the wherewithal to think to check their pulse, 
And so what happens in sudden cardiac arrest? Well, I mean, uh, your heart stops pumping blood, but it's actually the most common uh, way that this happens is actually it's a complication of, you know, a blocked artery of of coronary disease, of a heart attack. So the heart muscle uh, doesn't get enough blood, and then the rhythm of the heart becomes actually really, really fast. So even though we say your heart stops, it actually goes really, really fast, and it can't effectively produce, uh, you know, blood flow to the rest of your body. And so you faint and you die, basically. And so uh, who is at risk for that? Uh, really, it's everybody. I mean, uh, all, all public spaces, uh, places, in my opinion, they should have access to an automated defibrillator. Um, the usual risk factors for heart disease um, uh, predispose you to a sudden cardiac death. So the older you are, if you don't look after yourself, if you're overweight, you have high blood pressure, if you uh, smoke, all these other bad things, the more of those you do, the more likely it is. It's fortunately still rare, but not that rare. It's about 40,000 cases per year in Canada. And um, it is more likely in people that you might think would have heart disease. Um, so all the risk factors I mentioned, but it can occur at any age. So it's important to be mindful of that. And I mean, you hear of kids, uh, you know, lose becoming unresponsive on a sports field, yep. for example. That's a big part of my work with, I mean, the work I do, I work with the Whitecaps and the Lions and some other uh, Olympic organizations. Uh, I'm a small part of the picture. They have team doctors that do all their jo- joints and bones and things like that. But what we do is we screen these athletes with ECGs and sometimes other cardiac tests. We're trying to identify rare conditions that are, you know, uncommon, but, but that, that can happen that could predispose to a sudden cardiac arrest or a catastrophe on the field. Exactly. And so what, so it's, it's really important to stay healthy then. For sure it is. For sure it is. To know, to, uh, to look after yourself, to do all the boring things that we always tell people to do, you know, eat a healthy diet, exercise, don't smoke. If you drink, drink in moderation, know your risk factors. We've discussed before, uh, people at any age, and especially as they approach middle age, they should know their numbers, make sure their blood sugar, their cholesterol is normal, all those things. It's not a guarantee, but it makes the risk of anything, heart disease and any catastrophe like sudden cardiac death makes it much less likely. And what should a person's blood pressure be? You say they should know their numbers. So, yeah, I mean, the ideal, we've discussed it before, and, and the, the target for when a doctor like me will try to put you on medications is always changing. The ideal blood pressure is around 120 over 80. It used to be that doctors wouldn't start adding pills to you um, until your blood pressure is 140 over 90 or greater. That's recently changed. There's some good evidence that uh, was published earlier this year in the New England Journal that suggests that if we can convince patients to take more medications, get that blood pressure lower, really aim for that 120 over 80 target, that people do better. And it's and if you choose drugs wisely and patients look after themselves, report any side effects, that it can work very well and it's very safe to do so and you get a lot of benefit. And if somebody goes to the doctor and their blood pressure is 140 over 90, as you say, mm-hmm. w- you know, once, that's the first, they're maybe yep. 50 years old, 140 over 90, that's the first time. What, what would you do in that case? Well, you have to uh, bear in mind that a lot of people get this white coat effect. So they're, you know, and even if they're not anxious about seeing the doctor subconsciously, you can be anxious inside your body. It's like a automatic or autonomic reflex. Right. So you check the blood pressure a few times in clinic. Uh, we always would then want to have a discussion um, about, you know, lifestyle is always number one before we go to med- medication. So mm-hmm. exercise, salt intake, weight and things like that. And then you want it now with the m- more recent guidelines, you want to confirm it. So we do a measurement out of the office uh, where we do a home blood pressure monitor or have the patient wear a blood pressure monitoring machine for a day that records their blood pressure. That's the most accurate way. 
or we can do a series of you know follow-up visits. But if the blood pressure is confirmed to be high on a home measure or on a few different measurements, and you know they're looking after their lifestyle well, they don't have sleep apnea, etc., they're mm-hmm. otherwise healthy, then I would start you know the new start medication. There's a number of different ones that we can choose from that are usually very well tolerated. They feel good. Okay, and um, smoking is not great. No smoking. No. no smoking. Not smoking is kind of before all the other stuff I said. Uh, not smoking is kind of number one. I mean, uh, yeah. smoking. I, th- I think most people know this now, and all the patients I see who smoke know it's bad and are usually are almost always at least trying to quit. And it is right. it is tough. It is an addiction. But yeah, smoking is number. Smoke stopping smoking is sort of number one for your heart and your blood vessels and your blood pressure and everything else. And and how about chewing tobacco? Is that equivalent of uh, smoking or? I don't know if it's as bad as smoking, but it, so I think like uh, uh, the nicotine, uh, so chewing tobacco, that's not good. I mean, tobacco still uh, predisposes to oral cancers and nasopharyngeal cancers, so it's still not good. Um, I was thinking for a second of a nicotine replacement gum, which can help to wean some people off cigarettes. Chewing tobacco, no, it's still not good. And the uh, the um, the compounds in the tobacco, both nicotine and otherwise, still also damage your heart as well as predispose you to cancer. Okay. And how about, uh, there's lots of talk about marijuana smoking pot these days and everybody's like, I saw somebody light up a joint in the car the other day and I really wanted to take a picture and say, so this is Canada. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, that's that's. So right. how about smoking pot? I mean, uh, smoking pot, we, we know less about it than cigarette smoke in terms of its health dangers. Mm-hmm. And there is this perception that a lot of people think it's harmless. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it, it still has a, some of the same effects on both the lungs and the blood vessels that um, uh, that, that, c- that cigarettes can have, traditional mm-hmm. cigarettes. And uh, and and uh, it's it's got a lot of the, or some of the same chemicals, the carcinogens that uh, that cigarette smoking can have. So even if you might feel relaxed from smoking marijuana, it can actually be driving up your blood pressure. It can still be stimulating your heart and damaging your blood vessels in the same way as, as cigarettes do. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I th- everybody thinks it's so benign. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, you know, a, I, I think a the best answer is there. Yeah, I think the best answer is that, you know, that the proponents of marijuana will say, for example, that it can, it's been a, used as a herb and it can help relax some people. Like, and I think it can, and it can help in pain relief, I'm sure, and, and mm-hmm. some things as well. But there's a, it's not been well studied, and right. there are there is certainly some evidence to say that it has harmful effects as well okay. and some of the same harmful effects that cigarettes will have. Okay. Uh, so sudden cardiac arrest. So if you like the guy and he... Yeah. <laughs> assume it's, a, assume it's a good person. Yeah, assume it's like, someone yeah. you like. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, this is a great out for people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, and somebody has a sudden cardiac arrest. They, they just become unresponsive. What is... And, and what, what prompted this was this actually happened uh, on the tennis court where a man just became suddenly unresponsive, and the first responders arrived. Somebody had the wherewithal to call 911. They didn't start chest compressions. They didn't start CPR. And But the first responders came, and they defibrillated him, and then a cardiologist came on scene, and the, the AED said, uh, shock this guy again. That was the instructions. And the cardiologist said, no, no, don't shock the guy again. And the first responders, they actually pulled the cardiologist <laughs> off the court, and they, the first responders did their job and the man's life was saved. So yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good story, and the, the cardiologist wasn't me, just for the listeners who that's didn't know right. that. That's right. It uh, wasn't a good cardiologist. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> he mean, was really short. Number I mean, one. I mean the um, the uh, that's right. I mean the, it does. I mean 
it is normal for you to panic when you see that happen. So if you're just walking around, I mean, you're not, you don't go to the tennis court expecting to save somebody's life. You want to go play tennis. Right. You know, you're walking about your daily life and then somebody, it'll, when, when it happens, it looks like just a total collapse out of nowhere and the person goes limp. And so the first thing that you've got to do is, is always make sure that they are truly unconscious, you know, try to speak to them, try to shout. And then, you know, and for those of you that don't have um, uh, life, su- life, life support training, uh, I recommend everybody should take a course. But then once you've confirmed, there's no, there's no pulse, there's no breathing. Okay, we're going gonna, yeah, gonna to hang off. on there because we've got to go to break and we're going right. to finish what exactly one does <laughs> when I return. And then we're going to try to give out this womanizer as well. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. A man is dead after an early morning hit-and-run in South Langley. Police responded around 2.30 to the 2900 block of 200th Street to find a 44-year-old pedestrian dead. Langley RCMP say witnesses reported seeing a vehicle stop briefly after the collision before leaving the scene. Officers specializing in collision analysis and reconstruction have been called in to assess the scene and determine the type of vehicle involved. The identity of the man has not been released and the investigation is ongoing. And Miss Universe host Steve Harvey says no one feels worse than he does about his mistake awarding Columbia the crown before Miss Universe. Harvey spoke to reporters assembled at the Planet Hollywood Hotel Casino where the pageant concluded with him awarding the crown to the wrong person. Mark Shapiro of the pageant's new owner, WMEIMG, says Harvey corrected the mistake on his own when he realized the error on the air. Both say it was human error. CKNW News Time 831, now the latest AM730 traffic with Caitlin Osansky. Good evening, currently stall and accident free along the major routes around Metro Vancouver. Good news over in Port Coquitlam. They have reopened eastbound Low Heat Highway at Ottawa. In Vancouver, the Festival of Lights is ongoing and making for a busy stretch on Oak Street between 33rd Avenue and 41st Avenue. To avoid any delays, take an alternate route. There's water main work in Vancouver and as a result, 33rd Avenue is closed between Oak and Arbutus until the end of the month. For the most up-to-date traffic information, go to AM730, all traffic, all the time. I'm Caitlin Osansky. Now the Global Sky Tracker weather tonight, cloudy with a 30% chance of showers, rain starting near midnight, windy as well, a low of plus 5. In Delta, it's 5 degrees and cloudy, and outside CKNW Pacific Center, it's 3 degrees. CKNW Newstime 832, I'm John Hall. Welcome back. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen McGrath I uh, of the Sunday Night Sex Show. I am here with Dr. John Weisler, and we're talking about sudden cardiac arrest, which is not uncommon to happen in your home, especially when lots of people are gathering around alcohol and food and fighting and all of those joys that go along with the holidays. So, Dr. Weisler, uh, what happens, and Dr. Weisler is a board-certified cardiologist, uh, so if somebody has sudden cardiac arrest... What should the public do? Yep. So, uh, so great, great question, Rain. So, after um, after you've confirmed that the person who's collapsed is not responding, you first and, and the good thing that happened at Hollyburn is that they did call nine one one pretty fast. You know, and first thing is remember that no matter what else you're going to do um, for for the person who's collapsed, that you can't 
deal with it all yourself. You need help. So we call it like the, the chain of survival that you've got to get emergency medical support coming to, to take over from you. And then, um, you know, look around for an external defibrillator. If you don't have one, start chest compressions. What you do is you put your two hands down in the center of the person's chest, one on top of the other, and you push good and hard. And if, uh, if the listeners, if you can remember the uh, song that we played before the last segment, uh, Staying Alive, um, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not a good song. There you go. Staying Alive, Staying Alive. Thank you, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> yep, no, that's perfect. That's much better than I could have done. Well, but you, you can't tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. That one. Okay. That's perfect. You got it. Yeah, that's perfect. So you do the compressions to that beat. It's a good and fast beat. You mm-hmm. try to push good, firm, and, and deep, and and uh, and to that to that uh, to that roughly to that beat. It's about 110 compressions per minute. And that's to try and keep the blood circulating and keep blood going to those vital organs to maximize the chance that your um, whoever it is is, is going to recover. And that's just two things: call 911 and start, start chest compressions. compressions to stay in alive. Nice and and that's it. And have yeah. the confidence to do that. That's right. And then you'll impress all of your friends and neighbors. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Weisler, so much. Always a pleasure to have you Thanks, in the studio. Buddy. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. Thanks uh, very much. Thank you so much. And now I have Stephanie on the line because I did say I was asking for your stories, your worst online dating story. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? Fine, thanks. Oh, good. Have you got an online uh, dating story? Tra- yes. Oh, you do? Great. I did, I did meet the guy uh, through online dating through Vancouver. Yeah. But... but <laughs> The, apparently, the, the, I did not meet the date because the fact was that I had to be proficient in uh, Latin American dancing. Oh, is that was that one of the criteria? Yeah, and, <laughs> and just because I was lacking in that uh, talent, he said, "I'm not dating you." <laughs> and you had everything else going for you. That's right. Except for that. <laughs> How otherwise has your online dating experience been? Oh, Have you had any good ones? Not exactly. No. Doesn't seem like anybody has any good ones, but uh, Robert James is going to tell us all about his. So you are the winner of the Womanizer. Wonderful. Oh, fantastic. Okay, you can uh, pick it up here at the station, and the tech producers will uh, give you the information about that. Thanks so much for your call, Stephanie. Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope you don't go out and take any Latin dancing lessons because (laughs) it's not worth it. (laughs) Thank you. All right, you're very welcome. Okay, thanks for staying here with me, all of you. It's always my pleasure to be here with you, and uh, it's my pleasure to have my next guest on. Have you tried online dating? I know a patient who, she's a female, and this is a little counterintuitive. She was so sick of it, sick of every guy just wanting sex, that she decided to put that on her profile as well. She got 500 men. Imagine that. Anyway, she ended up with a man who actually couldn't have sex because he had erectile dysfunction. He had Peyronie's disease at a young age of the age of 40. So he was too ashamed to get help for that. Anyway... Human behavior is so interesting, which is what I love about the work I do. And uh, But anyway, to without any further ado, what could possibly happen when a middle-aged guy goes online after his divorce? Well, Robert James, the author of Next, The Search for My Last First Date, is on the line with me. Hello, Robert. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Are you? Have I got you in New York or are you in Florida? I'm in Florida right now. Oh, you went. You got your shopping done. 
<laughs> got it all done, ready, got home. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, thank you for uh, the book. Thank you for um, sending me the book, and it was a great read. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hot topic, this online dating. Most of the men who go on there are actually married, so you're, you know, a bit of a rarity <laughs> that you were actually divorced. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. that was good. You have hair, teeth, and, and some means. From what I yes. can tell, unless you put yes, someone else's picture that. up there. All right. <laughs> no, no, that's really me. And you still had trouble uh, in, on the dating scene. Well, it, it wasn't trouble finding a date. I could find plenty of dates. It was finding someone who really wasn't crazy. There were so <laughs> as you read the book, you know, there's so many different women that I met that, uh, that had lots of different quirks, if you will, and... Uh, and it made for for writing a pretty pretty funny book. And um, it's you know you you married your college sweetheart. Yep. And you uh, your marriage broke up. Yep. After twenty years. After twenty years, and were you heartbroken? Was this a? Uh, it, you know, over time, you just you just kind of get to where you're, you're expecting something like that to to happen and it did and uh you just kind of move on with the rest of your life okay and um and that's really what i did with next okay and did you jump right into the dating did you it seems like you want to have a relationship with yes, which I, a lot of people yes, want to have I, do. I i i do and uh and that's what uh what made this quest kind of kind of fun you know i thought i thought it'd be a whole lot easier than it turned out to be and um uh, anyway it uh it led me on a quest, you know, kissing lots of frogs, trying to find my princess, and mm -hmm. uh, I found a lot more frogs than I than I expected. And you talk about chemistry and timing, that they're tough to get right at the same time. Absolutely. And the I chemistry is really important, I think. Well, you know, people can have chemistry right from the beginning, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a relationship. And, uh, you know, the timing and... and of, of their life, of my life, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to get chemistry and timing right at the same time. Exactly. I had a patient in this week, and she said to me that she's met a man online, and she was attracted to him right away. She saw his photograph. She was attracted to him. When she met him, she was attracted to him, and her friends were saying to her, no, 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 no. You need to give this time. You can't jump into this. And she said, Maureen, what do you think? And I said, no, no, no. I think it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't actually matter what I say. But if there's chemistry there, I think that's a great start. And I ha you, you have to listen to your own heart and just go for it. And she, well, she I, needed I, the I confidence right to go for it. Well, you, you are right with that. But, uh, but, but having, having chemistry is different than having a relationship. And, you know, a relationship is, is developed over time. You can have chemistry and, and have a great time from, from the very first date, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a long-lasting relationship. And that's really what I was looking for. And you were looking for a long-term relationship. And some of the women you were dating were looking for sex, which you found surprising. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All you right. Know, uh, and, and, and made uh, made no bones about it. They were very upfront about it. And how did you feel about that? Because I felt... You were quite surprised at that. It, you were disappointed. That was my sense that that's not what ladies do. Well, exactly. I guess I was a bit old-fashioned and, and, and very naive. Uh, at, at you know, I hadn't dated since I was in college, and, and obviously things have changed a whole lot since then. And uh, you know, I, I I don't think that a relationship can be 
based on sex. There's so many more things that has that has to be based on, and uh, you know, I, I I just didn't want to rush things. I wanted to get to know somebody, because I, I you know, sex is great, but sex in a relationship is even better when you have all the other intimacies and all the other connections and things like that. That's what I, that's what I was looking for. But you ruled out those women who were um, interested in sex right off, right out of the gates. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, how many other people were they being like that with? And, uh, that, that just really wasn't the type of woman I was looking for. Which is interesting. I do a lot of work around, um, empowerment of women and feminism and equality. And, uh, so that, that was why this struck me because that wasn't the type of woman you were looking for, but, um, it's kind of that double standard, if if you will, that well, there's lots of double standards. There are so many double standards, and um, there are lots of sexless marriages as well. Yep. And and sometimes marriages can break up as a result of that. And and but women are supposed to, you know, it's the socialization of of women because women are taught to give sex away, withhold sex, um, that that they're not to own their own sexuality, they're, you know, men want to have sex with women, but then they can be, and, and sometimes you use the term sluts in the, and slutty, <laughs> how they dressed, that kind of thing, in the book. So you've had some criticism, you told me yesterday, uh, some people. Well, you know, I, I think that everybody's a little bit different. Everybody has different expectations, and we all come, you know, at, at middle age with, with different types of luggage, we're, we're carrying and and some people have uh, a little bit of luggage that will fit into the overhead compartment and other people need a whole trailer mm-hmm. and you know it, it's it's all on what your expectations are and and my expectations you know we're looking for for a nice girl who uh, would have similar interests and enjoy uh, you know some of the things that I enjoyed and and uh, and that wanted to build a relationship over time and, and hopefully lead to something something even better down the road. But uh, uh, a lot of the women I dated were, were not looking for that. They were looking for a good time. They were looking for uh, for sex on the first date. And, and, and one of the things I, I learned very early is Does that, that mean I she's not that, a nice girl? I just want to ask, what defines a nice girl? No, no. no I, I mean, someone who, who, who wanted to get to know me and, and let things flow naturally rather than just have a good time on the first date. Okay. What was the most surprising, uh, like the the most shocking date that you had? Uh, there, there were several. I, I, the, the one lady that told me she sees dead people, uh, that that was kind of shocking. Uh, I guess one of my favorites was uh, I dated a lady who was the lead singer in a church band, and. Uh, you know those park, church ladies. So. Of, yeah, <laughs> after a couple of glasses of wine, uh, she was wanting to get frisky in the parking lot, and and I guess my my favorite line in the whole book is, "I give good heads at the church lady." I mean, <laughs> how many ways is that wrong? You know. Uh, anyway, it, it, the, the book talks about all these different stories. And all these different I don't actually. I know. 
<laughs> See, I'm of the I'm of the persuasion that women need to own their sexuality, that men and women to be need to be equal around that. That it's okay if a woman wants to have sex, if the church lady wants to give good head. Hey, there's a lot of guys yeah. who are going to really like that, <laughs> even right after the sermon. Uh, <laughs> no sermon. It just caught me off guard. Yes, yes, I can imagine. You know, you're uh, in a relationship, hadn't dated since college, and you're right, it had changed, and especially, you know, good for you for going online. And you did meet somebody. Uh, I, I did at the end of all of this, through throughout all of this, <laughs> and what was what made her the winner? Uh, well, I I guess probably a bit of normalcy, or at least what I thought was uh, her being normal at the time. And uh, anyway, that that is the the last chapter of the book, but uh, it, it is open ended enough, and you know there is a follow up book where you know it didn't work out and. And uh, getting back on the on the dating scene, looking for. Uh, and do you think this friend? is the best way to meet um, that person for a middle-aged guy? Well, what, what's your take I mean, on the? Great end? question. You know, how how else am I going to meet people? Because you know, I I work uh, sixty hours a week. I'm not going to date my clients. I'm I'm really not going to date people I work with. Um, I just don't have an interest in that. And so, how you know, my my, my friends set me up with who they think are are great people for me and mm-hmm. they're all crazy women themselves or uh you know just just nobody I would really want to date and mm-hmm. so the the online dating you know format was a great way for me to to filter through people that had similar interests and people that uh, I thought looked uh, attractive and you know would uh maybe maybe somebody I could date right and and you and found it expensive it, too that was the other thing like and well, how many they, years yeah, you've been? They, this has been like a, expensive. and this is a seven or eight year proposition. Is that how long you've been at this? That's correct. That's correct. I've been out there for a while. And, yeah. um, and you've got hair, teeth, and a good job. All the above. I have a nice wardrobe. Uh, you know, my I, I evidently have have good genes. My 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 son is an international model, male model. Well, I mean, that doesn't you know, matter. <laughs> Your son won't have any problems getting a date. It sounds like. Anyway. No, he doesn't. But but he gets the genes from somewhere. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, you know what? We got to go to break. But uh, what's your best tip for uh, that middle aged divorce guy going online to find the right nice girl? Don't give up. She's out there. You just got to look for her. Okay. Sounds great. Well, Robert, thank you so much, and thanks for the book. The book is next. The que- the search for the my last. Sorry. What's your book again? <laughs> the search for my last next. first date. <laughs> You're right. Next, the search for my last first date. They can. Uh, it's available on all the major booksellers online, and also my my webpage is uh, nextthebook.com. Well, thank you so much, and I you know I wish you all the best of luck, and uh, I'd like you to come back on when you have found Mrs. Wright. <laughs> That'd be great. Hopefully all right. Sooner than later. I think it will be. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. When I come back, we're going to wrap this baby up. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. It's a lovely Christmas tune. I'm Maureen McGrath. Thanks for staying with me, listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. You know, Christmas time, it's a lovely time of year, and, uh, you know, you can enjoy it. Things are going well in your life. Uh, if things aren't going well, it's a it's a tougher time. And uh, although this is a nice time of year for many people, what a lot of people don't realize is that 
there may be cause for celebration for you, but it can be a very dark time for other people, such as those people living in poverty, those people who have been sexually abused, assaulted, those who are in abusive relationships, those suffering with addiction, those family members of those suffering with addiction, people who are alone at the holidays for whatever reason, maybe you're recently divorced, maybe you've just lost somebody, perhaps you're grieving a death or a loss in some other way, perhaps you are a widow this Christmas, perhaps you are a person with mental illness. These are only some of the many hardships of life, and Christmas can be a really challenging time for a lot of people. And a lot of people look back on Christmas when they're adults. They look back on their really tough memories of Christmas, and they just want Christmas to go by. Lots of kids have tough memories around their parents drinking, around their parents fighting, around families fighting. It can be a very stressful time for people. Uh, The best thing to do is to try to remain grateful Always take a look at yourself and see what your behavior, the impact your behavior is having on people you love and people you care about. Uh, If you're suffering with addiction, it's a great time of year to perhaps deal with that. Everybody has their own journey on that, however. Uh, So while some people in the world are struggling to find that perfect gift, there are so many struggling to find where their next meal is coming from or fearing what their Christmas is going to be like. While some people may want a new computer or a new car, other people want the feelings of sadness and darkness to go away once and for all. And Christmas is really hard for when for those people who are suffering, especially when it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but often it is not. So when you're sitting at the dinner table, eating your turkey dinner for the 10th time, or struggling to find room for all those gifts, or just shopping, 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 consider yourself grateful. Please don't take anything you have for granted. What you consider just a normal part of the holidays are things many people may only ever dream about. Remember, the best gifts are the ones you give, and that may be an ear, a vote of confidence, a meal, a hamper, or even a kind word or some support. So I do wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And remember, if you're suffering right now, this too shall pass. It sometimes takes hard work. It sometimes takes introspection. It takes changing yourself, not blaming others. So when I come back, we're going to lift this baby up, and I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be in the new year. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I would be remiss if I did not say thank you to Mike Given, who has been here with me the last few months, joining the show and doing the technical production. He's done a great job, and Merry Christmas to you, Mike, and... uh, Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, no problem. And then same to you, Maureen. Thank you so much. we can't much. forget about Matt as well. He's, I, we got Matt here as well. That's I good. know. I was just, uh, yeah. I'm not forgetting about Matt. And thanks, oh. Matt, for doing a great job tonight. And Matt's going to join me next week as well. So I'm extremely grateful. I love doing this sex show. And I'm so grateful for all the people who have supported me in this all throughout the year. Uh, all my guests, Dr. John Weisler is a regular guest who re- 
keeps coming back, which is so fantastic because he's so smart and has just such great information. And all of the listeners, and I thank you all so much for all the beautiful cards that you've sent me uh, over the holidays and uh, all the gifts that I have received, and it's entirely too much. But uh, I, I absolutely love doing this show and uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, any feedback you'd like to give me, how I can improve it, I'm always open, not to worry. 2016, is uh, I'm really looking forward to that year. I hope you are too. Uh, you know, you've really got the power. Find that power within you to make it your, your best year yet. Um, I've, I've finished my book. It's not published yet, but uh, it's done. I finished the writing. And uh, it's all about you. No, um, but uh, some friends of mine are a little nervous that uh, it's all about them and that I haven't changed their names. Anyway, but uh, so hopefully I'll be that will be published in the new year. And uh, I've got a lot of engagements where I'm speaking. So I look forward to meeting a lot of you out there on the circuit on January 5th. I'm coming over to uh, Lionsgate Hospital, Dr. Weisler. I'm doing grand rounds and it's uh, beyond the talk. How to talk to teens about HIV. Really important because those rates are on the rise. I'm at the Taboo Sex Show on February 5th here at the Convention Center. I'm also at the Health and Wellness Show on the 13th at the Convention Center. March 1st, I'm heading over to Qualicum Beach. Talk to the Probus guys, professional businessmen who have been retired. And they want to talk about sex. Uh, the Lifestyle Expo 2016, 55 plus. That's going to be out in Langley in May. And then, as I said earlier, I'll be at the Queen Elizabeth Theater talking about the sexless marriage. Can you relate to that? Anyway, May 28th, uh, I look forward to that. Anyway, so uh, I wish all of you the, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you're struggling at this time of year, this too shall pass. There's lots that you can do. There's lots of help out there today. And uh, so I wish you all the best. And I'm going to uh, forego my singing for tonight. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, shall I sing my last? Do I have time? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> do I? Uh, we have a minute left? Are we out at 58? No, we don't. Oh, we're out at 58. Anyway, so I won't be singing now, but I'll definitely sing in the new year. Thanks for listening. Always a pleasure. Have a great Christmas. Good night, everybody.